You're listening to only the best internet radio station in the world. No, the universe. The scripture said it's with the mind that we serve the Lord. The mind is the battleground. The fight is in your mind. Touch somebody and say the fight is in your mind. WNT9 Talk Radio, and I'm your host, King Henry. Today we are speaking with nurse practitioner Tamika Morrow. Pardon me, Morrow. Tamika Morrow. Nurse practitioner. Uh, everyone knows I scout heavily on Facebook, and I came across Tamika's video on the vaccinations very very powerful tamika are you with us on the line today yes i am thank you for having me how you doing i'm doing good i want to thank you for uh taking some time out and speaking with us today on this network um about this very imperative uh topic you know um when i listened to the things that you were saying you would you would you, you touched some things, but really what stood out to me was that you had some facts. You had facts. You weren't just, you know, regurgitating information based on your feelings. And, um, well, one of the things I wanted to, uh, immediately ask you because I've, I've received several questions, I don't know, in regards to your video, um, this thing about, uh, 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 the vaccination Moderna. Um, is there anything that you could tell us in regards to Moderna that's different from the other vaccinations? Like why would people be trying to push Moderna more than the others? Uh, well, Moderna and Pfizer are similar platforms of the shots. So both of those use a new technology called messenger RNA. So um, that's the only difference. Uh, the Johnson & Johnson is separate because it doesn't use messenger RNA, but instead it uses a vector um, particle they use to um, provoke an antibody response from the body. But Moderna and Pfizer are the same platforms. Wow. Okay. Wow. I mean, that's heavy right there. Um, okay, so you, you spoke about um, decision-making in regards to uh, taking a vaccine that, um, you know, it's important to uh, make an informed decision, not just an, a decision, but an informed decision. Can you give us some, some uh, you know, uh, a background on what made you say informed decision? Yes, definitely, because they're not, when I say they, the they is everybody that's a part of this engine right now. So that's the CDC, mm. the FDA, it's the World Health Organization, it's NIH, it's Dr. Fauci, um, it's the whole system, the whole medical system. 
um, very, very corrupt. And so when I say they, that's who I'm referring to, the media even, and anybody else that's in their pockets, right, that's on their payroll, um, the pharmaceutical industry. So they're not telling you all the information you need to know. You know, for example, they tell you that the, the injections are safe. You know, and that, you know, only issues you would have is maybe some soreness at the injection site or you may have body aches for a couple of days or may spike a fever. But overall, the injections are safe. That is a far cry from the truth. Mm. And so if that's the only thing that you're hearing, then you're like, hey, you know, they don't put enough fear in the atmosphere. That everybody think they're going to die. They get COVID. But everybody forget that still over 99 percent of the people who get COVID survive. Um, but for whatever reason, people think they're going to be in that less than 1% that are die. <laughs> so they, they get this fear going where they don't look at all the other information and data that's available. And so what I try to do in those videos is to, to put before people the truth, you know, what was really happening. You know, and you look at the Moderna, um, when they went to get the emergency use authorization for Moderna, Moderna, this is when they first started those first trials back in June of 2020, where they said they had 30,000 people. They probably lied about that too, but nevertheless, um, what they were seeing when people, you know, were getting those shots, people were having heart attacks, people were having strokes, people were even dying after they got the shots, mm. people were having neurological dysfunction, um, somebody did get an autoimmune condition from it. You also had people, um, someone who had a history of cancer, um, end up getting a new cancer somewhere else after getting it. Um, you had people um, having a multi-system organ failure, wow. you know, after getting this shot. So that's not safe to me, you right. know, and, and was it the masses? You know, it wasn't the masses, but this was only a small population of people that they were studying at that particular time. Um, and then when you go and look at the Pfizer, same thing, you know, people who took the Pfizer shot, you know, they were having issues like death and um, heart disease and issues of blood clots. Pfizer was a little bit different on how they recorded theirs. So they didn't say in detail exactly of what all the issues were, but they did have to acknowledge there's a lot of issues, including death. And this is from people who were taking the shots, as well as um, people even in their placebo, so whatever they put in that. But people were having issues, you know, a lot of neurological dysfunction, more than just Bell's palsy, um, significant joint pain, musculoskeletal connective tissue disorders, um, GI disorders, nervous system disorders, like all this was being reported from the small sample that they had when they were studying it. And the same thing with Johnson & Johnson. They tried to use Johnson & Johnson as a fall guy to make us seem like they were doing their due diligence to look out for the safety of the people. But everybody, I want you to know, y'all are being played 100%. Hmm. Wow. Because when the Johnson & Johnson was coming on, people were getting those blood clots, and some people were even dying. They tried to act like they didn't know that. They knew that. Because in the Johnson & Johnson report to the FDA to get the emergency use authorization, they reported that people were getting blood clots. They even had on one report that they took down, so you probably won't be able to find that one now. But it was like a 25-year-old, I want to say, who got the shot. This guy was a healthy, and they acknowledged he's a healthy 25-year-old, ended up getting blood clots, and he kept clotting, and they couldn't stop the clotting. Clotting finally started going to his brain, and of course, he died. Wow. But person so when they, they try to act brand new like they know they knew this this information was available to them before they gave them emergency use authorization so when i say make an informed decision understand what's really happening understand what's really going on 
before you run out getting some experimental injection that they have no long-term data for no long-term data because that's the interesting thing people feel like well it's been two months and i had mine and i'm just fine that's right now but trust me <laughs> what's going on in your body right now i want to see that see you back in another year or two mm. people are going to be sick big pharma is going to be cashing in big time from all these new sickness and diseases that people are going to be getting um and some people are going to even die and that's just the truth being told. Like I tried to warn people before that these antibodies were not sticking around. They saw this when they were doing their earlier trials. Um, and I told them you was gonna need boosters. And the more insult you keep doing to your immune system with these little technology driven <laughs> artificial injections, you know, the, the more deadlier and the more harmful it's gonna be. And so now you see they're talking about the boosters rolling out right now. So wow. I just wanted people to know, like when you typically in medicine, whenever we're making a decision about a patient and how to treat a patient, it's based on the risk versus the benefit. If the benefit outweigh the risk, you move forward, right? Because everything got its side effects, you know, but if the risk outweigh the benefit, you're supposed to stop <laughs> and not do it. Right. And this is a, a true situation that, the, the risk definitely outweighs the benefits. It's like you take healthy people. The fact that trying to inject our youth and, and our young adults is just unbelievable to me. But you take healthy people and who didn't have any issues, and if they did get COVID, they'll get over it within a week or so because they're young and they're healthy. And now you go inject this technology into their body and start causing this disruption in their immune system. And now that healthy person that was once healthy would now become sick and become ill. And mm. we've seen them course not only them having blood clots and death but also the, the younger guys with the myocarditis that's the inflammation of the heart some of them going into heart failure some of them cause death because of it a once healthy person so it's like you give somebody something that you have no long-term data you fully don't even understand yourself and how it's going to interact in a human being's body for a virus that over 99 percent of the people recover from and if they allowed you access to treatment of old drugs, it's been around 30 plus years, which been duplicated study after study after study to be effective in infection and treatment if, if you got the infection, um, we wouldn't even see those numbers. So that's the thing. And, and with the Johnson & Johnson, it's, it's the same situation. Johnson & Johnson, um, that particular um, type of injection that they came up with, that kind was studied back when SARS-CoV-1 was out some years ago. It was like in the early 2000s. Um, that's when they started doing hydroxychloroquine. But they were also thinking about trying to come up with a vaccine at that particular time for coronavirus. And what they found out that whenever they, they actually didn't bypass animals this time, they went to the animal models. But those animals who got that shot, once they were exposed to coronavirus in the wild, you had some of them that died. Uh, one study, all of them died when they got exposed. Wow. Another study they went into, they called it um, this, um, this crazy immune response that impacted their lungs really, really bad. So they went into lung failure, respiratory failure. Um, you also had um, some of the animals where their kidneys got shot or their livers you know, went haywire or whatever and went into liver failure. So all the studies were stopped. And the conclusion was made on all of them that it will be unsafe to give a coronavirus vaccine to human beings. Mm. So the recommendation was it was not safe. 
It was not worth the risk because coronavirus itself is typically not a deadly virus <laughs> to even risk putting human beings' lives at stake like that. So that's the type of platform that the Johnson & Johnson is. So when they bypassed the animal models this time, that was intentional because <laughs> they already know it wasn't going to go through the animal models. So it's shown to be safe in humans. So not everybody signed up to be guinea pigs, and it's, it's terrible. Like I said, make informed decisions. Wow. You said 99% of people that uh, 99% of the people recover from coronavirus? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Wow. Even if you go look at CDC's numbers now, you'll see that. If you go look at their numbers now, look at the, you know, number of infections, you know, um, you look at, I mean, those numbers still hold true. Before, it was so funny that they used to actually put that in plain sight where you can see it. Right. But now they, um, they after my one video where I was threatened, um, they took a lot of the stuff down so it won't be as user-friendly. So you couldn't see it that in plain sight like that anymore. But, yeah, over 99% of people recover. And honestly, more people could recover, you know, if they allow people to get treated properly. Because I don't personally, I personally don't feel like it's the virus that's killing people. Um, I feel like it's the experimental drugs and putting people on ventilators that's killing people. Wow. For a lot of different okay. reasons. Cause, because coronavirus didn't come out in March 2020. Coronavirus right. was out back in, in the, uh, 2019. Right. Because I know for myself, I was getting patients in the office. They was presenting with some weird virus, some viral symptoms that didn't kind of fall in line with no other type of virus that we would diagnose like the flu or a common cold um, or a regular upper respiratory virus. But I was like, you know, it's a virus. And for whatever reason, it was taking people two weeks to get over it. But everybody mm. got over it. Um, and then even my colleagues in the hospital where they, they noticed they were getting patients that was coming in the end of 2019 with this viral infection. They knew it was viral, but they just did like, you know, regular stuff. They treated, gave them some steroids for the inflammation, you know, right. they gave them breathing treatments, you know, and they gave them oxygen, regular oxygen delivery. And they said that the people was going home when nobody dying, they were being discharged. And then here we go. It's made announced that, you know. Uh, March 2020 is the coronavirus. Then the standards of care have changed and they started giving people once again experimental medication. So remdesivir is an experimental medication. These monoclonal antibodies is a new experimental drug. This convalescent plasma, new experimental stuff. So they don't know what impact it was going to have on people. But they put people in experiment once again and then they told them they couldn't use standard oxygen delivery methods. They had to go straight to a ventilator. Mm. Where prior to COVID, if anybody don't get got on a ventilator, the likelihood of them coming off was slim to none. Right. You know, so that because ventilator does a lot of damage to the body, period. Um, so then at that point, that's when you start seeing people dying. <laughs> and so I'm like, this is crazy. And then this one scientist uh reached out to me from Florida because they were doing a study down there that I was actually kind of following, and then I didn't hear anything about it. So I was so excited when um, she reached out to me and, you know, I was able to review their data and I mean, it proved my theory, right? That it was the experimental drugs because in their data, they just use a, a standard typical way of how you treat a patient. You give them an antibiotic if they get pneumonia, give them steroids for the inflammation. And they actually gave them some vitamins, some vitamin C and some zinc. Wow. And then they 
some aspirin or whatever for the clotting thing that happens typically in that second week of the infection. And over, they had a um, a 97% success rate, 97%. And this is people of all ages. But when you go, when you compare it to what the standards of care was at the hospital, um, with the standards of care, they only had like a 60% success rate, if that. Mm. <laughs> so wow. it, it goes to show it's those experimental drugs that now they're finally at least acknowledging, right. you know, that those remdesivir, it didn't help the people at all, but it did have some bad side effects. A lot of people was going into kidney and liver failure from that medication. Wow. So, so is it, is it safe to say that people with, uh, uh, um, what is it? Pul pulmonary em embolism? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, people who get clots, uh, they <laughs> should should they stay away from these vaccines? Oh, most definitely, a hundred percent. You just increase your risk even greater of right. getting another clot. I would not recommend anybody with a history of blood clots to get those shots. Right, right, right. Now, um, for those who don't know, um, is there any effects, uh, as far as someone with arthritis? Um, someone with bad cases of arthritis, should, should they, uh, entertain the vaccines? No, I mean, honestly, truly, I don't think anyone should entertain these injections, whether they have any illness or not. Correct. Wow. Okay. Okay. And, and you mentioned that, uh, there's a, you, you, you came across some, uh, a uh, uh, study that says that they're giving people vitamins. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let me see. There was a, there was one particular study, which was just the vitamin D um, where they basically, mm. because what they found in the beginning of the, the pandemic, um, <laughs> it, I remember once in Italy, Italy was one of the, the countries that kind of brought this to light, but it was um, part of Italy um, majority of people there was known to be vitamin deficient. And another part of Italy, the majority of people there had, you know, optimal vitamin D levels. So when the pandemic hit Italy, it really only impacted the area where people vitamin D levels were low. <laughs> and so what they realized is that people who had a vitamin D level of 50 or greater, um, it actually served as protection against contracting the virus. And so they took that and they started conducting studies. So people who were admitted to the hospital who had COVID, they started giving them high doses of vitamin D to try to get those vitamin D levels up quick. And what they noticed is that the people start turning around when they start getting that vitamin D. Wow. Start getting better. It says, here's the wow. conclusion of studies. This study was uh, published in the journal Steroid Biochemistry and Molecular Biology. Um, and the conclusion, they, they, like I said, they gave people the high doses of vitamin D. And the conclusion was that their study demonstrated that administration of a high dose of vitamin D, a main metabolite of the vitamin D system, significantly reduced the need for ICU treatment of patients requiring hospitalization to COVID-19. Wow. The vitamin D seems to be able to reduce severity of the disease. Um, and then they said continue to do more trials just to continue to duplicate it. But that was one of the ones where they gave it to people and they turned around. Wow. Some, vitamin some simple, good old vitamin D. Simple, good old vitamin D. Now, um, there's, there's a report that says Moderna stated in 2020 that their vaccines was causing deaths. Mm-hmm. 
Moderna that? Yeah, this is just this is not facts. It's just something that um was presented to me in an email saying that Moderna admitted that their vaccinations have caused some deaths. I would be surprised. I haven't seen that. <laughs> I yeah. haven't seen it at all. Um, but I would be surprised, you know, because Moderna was not a profitable company prior to this shot. Wow. Um, it's not profitable until after this shot rolled out. Okay. So I'll be surprised if they go and, you know, put something out there to take away their bread and butter. <laughs> yeah, that, that don't sound too right. Um, <laughs> now, now, are African-Americans and Latinos more of a risk of giving of getting COVID-19? That's a little controversial, right? Right. right. And the reason why I say it's controversial is I know we've all known someone or, or a lot of people that in our circles or whatever who had COVID. One of the things that we do know about uh, this particular virus is that people who are vitamin D deficient are at higher risk of getting COVID and having a more severe disease. Vitamin D is more important than just bone health, right? But vitamin D is also very, very important for immune system function, as well as protecting against certain cancers like colon cancer. Um, so vitamin D is important. But with African-Americans and Latinas and people who are darker skinned, who are more, I call it the melanated group, right. <laughs> because of our melanin, we don't absorb all those UV rays from the sun to convert and produce our own vitamin D. So majority of us, if not all of us, are vitamin D deficient. So that already mm. puts us at an increased risk of infection and a severity of infection. Um, however, what makes it controversial is that when I was looking at the numbers on a regular basis um, that CDC posted in regards to infections, I didn't see any, um, how can I say, I didn't see anything that shows African-Americans or Latinos were at a higher risk than um, than whites. I didn't see any disproportionate numbers because you would see that of all the infections, it was like almost 60% of the infections were white people. 15% um, of the infections were African-Americans, right? But if you look at the population of America, 60% of America is Caucasian or white people and <laughs> but 13 point some percent is African-American. Right. So that's sound too disproportionate to me. Now, if it says that, you know, 90% or 60% of the cases were African-American and 20% were white people, then I can say, okay, that's disproportionate. But that was not the numbers that was being reported on the CDC. So it's hard for me to conclude that, you know, we were impacted at a disproportionate rate than anybody else, because it all seemed to kind of go along with, you know, the population size in our country. Um, but I do know that melanated people are more at risk of being vitamin D deficient, uh, which can put them at higher risk of having more severe disease. Wow. Makes sense. Definitely makes sense. Um, another question was, uh, I heard you, you know, did, you did say that no, you feel no one should be messing with these vaccinations. But um, one of the questions was, should elders take vaccinations because, uh, it, you know, they're being, uh, coerced to believe that because they're an elder or older that they should be vaccinated above anybody else. No, I don't, like I said, I don't agree with anybody. Now, elders are at higher risk of death. I mean, but they are with the flu every year, right? Um, it's the same thing. Um, but um, you look at, what was the, the famous baseball guy um, who was- Babe Ruth. Yes, who was telling everybody to get the shot. He took the shot and died not too many days afterwards. Right. 
Um, but I also, you know, I'm burying an aunt tomorrow. It's a, it's a great, she's a great aunt of mine. Um, but she's buried, getting buried tomorrow because she's senior, you know, she was older in her eighties and, um, the, her, her children thought she should get the shot. Although they didn't take it, but they thought she should get wow. it. because she was, And, um, she died a few days after her second dose of the Pfizer shot. <sighs> um, Pfizer shot caused issues with her lungs, caused her lungs to shut down and she's out of here. And prior to, she wasn't having those types of issues. So, um, I don't think they should get it. I mean, it goes back to, so think, okay, let's do a look at it this way. If you look at the Pfizer and the Moderna, their messenger RNA is technology that's in the body, right? And what it is doing is sending a signal to your DNA to produce these spike proteins. The thing is, for one, it's the spike protein that's in the coronavirus that makes it so volatile <laughs> in the first place. Right. So not only are now you exposed to it, but now your body becomes a factory for it. You're producing mm. it those spike proteins. And this is something the immune system has to contend with. But the thing is, those spike proteins are just not getting produced and just kind of staying together like in, a, in some party together or whatever. They're going all over the body and they're attaching to healthy tissues. They're attaching to healthy cells. So when the immune system rev up its response to attack it, it's not only attacking that spike protein, but it's also attacking whatever healthy tissue or whatever healthy cell is connected to. And so now you go and you look at these elderly people who already got their own chronic comorbidities and conditions and health ailments that they deal with. Now you got this crazy inflammatory response, this ramped up immune response, trying to attack something that our body's not used to attack. And, and on top of it, it do, the immune system don't slow down because our body is constantly producing this spike protein. So it's not like a, a one-time exposure and out and done with, or like a traditional virus where you're sick for seven to 10 days and it's over. No, your body is constantly producing this spike protein. Mm. And for an elderly person, their immune system can't handle all of that. Right. Now, why is it that someone with, uh, a, well, a diabetic, why is it that diabetics are more, uh, you know, easily you know, under the radar for COVID-19. So it's diabetics, it's obese. And if you think about it, um, it's all going back to what's going on in our bodies and the current state our body is in. So um, the, the, the base underlying reason for majority of all sickness and disease out here is chronic inflammation. Mm. Our bodies are supposed to have just the acute burst of inflammation to attack what it's supposed to attack and to heal and, re and repair our bodies. But when our body is chronically inflamed, it leads to all types of sickness and disease, including diabetes as well as obesity. So those are all diseases of chronic inflammation. And so if you're already inflamed, that means your body's not healthy. That means your immune system is not healthy. So that puts you at higher risk, you know, of getting infected with some virus or whatever that's coming out and floating around and infecting people because you're already immunocompromised. Wow. Makes sense. Um, some of the things that, uh, that can be taken opposed to being vaccine. We mentioned vitamin D. What are some of the other things? So there's, um, vitamin D is important. Um, and typically I say for everybody, take at least 5,000 international units every day. 
Very, 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 very important. If you can get it a liquid form, that'd be better because your body will absorb the liquid a lot better than it will appeal. Because if you take a pill, you'll be lucky to even get 40% absorption of that. So, you know, getting a liquid form will be great. Mm -hmm. um, something else that's shown to be um, effective is quercetin. Um, but quercetin is an antioxidant. It's also anti-inflammatory. It also has some antiviral properties, but you have to couple it with the vitamin C. So quercetin, the recommended, you know, amounts like 250 to 500 milligrams a day, with at least 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C a day. That helps in fighting the virus, um, as well as, you know, prohibiting the virus from being able to enter into the cells. So that's something that's very good. Um, something else that's been good is zinc. Um, that and zinc, you know, comes into play, especially when, if you ever get the infection, because zinc basically um, alters the, the chemistry of the cell to make it not conducive for the virus to enter into the cells. So it really shuts down the replication of the virus really significantly. So those are some of the main things. Elderberry actually is something also that's really, really good. Mm. Um, they had some good studies come out about elderberry um, that's shown to be very effective. Elderberry is something, oh, you know, people have been taking that for viruses for a long time. Right. Has some studies to show elderberry effective um, in helping people prevent coronavirus uh, or decrease their risk of coronavirus, should I say, and also if they did, uh, you know, contract it. Um, I did read some study. Just I only saw maybe two studies though on black seed oil. Okay. Um, and probably because it's it's a strong anti-inflammatory, but it also was found to have some antiviral properties. You know, so taking like a teaspoon of black seed oil every day, um, along with some zinc and vitamin C, also shown to be very beneficial too. So those are some things that we can do um, to help. But but more importantly, going back to that whole chronically inflamed state, right? Um, you change how we eat. <laughs> wow. That is, yeah. That is the, the truth of the matter. Um, you know, we eat so much crap nowadays that cause so much inflammation in our body that make us sick. But if we truly just change how we eat, start eating to live and not living to eat. You know, then we won't find ourselves so susceptible to these viruses and everything else that they're creating and throwing out here in the atmosphere. Right. But you know, getting rid of all that fried chicken, that fried chicken ain't never done us no good. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Seriously, Popeye's probably don't even use real chicken. Right. Because here in America, they allow them to clone chicken. So we don't know what the crap we eat. You know, but they, they pumping them up with all them steroids and hormones and antibiotics. And you got to remember, whatever they eat, when we eat them, eat them, we're getting it too. Yeah, exactly. You know, right. you start start reading food labels. They're putting all these preservatives and stuff, and they're putting all these artificial colors, artificial dyes, artificial flavors, high fructose corn syrup, all that stuff causing more inflammation, insulin resistance. All that crap is making us sick. You know, so changing how we eat, start eating organic, organic fruits, organic vegetables, organic meats, and start drinking our water and staying away from dairy. Because that, that causes a lot of inflammation in the body as well as increased mucus production. So once we come across something, all that mucus there is going to trap the virus and make you sick. You know, so we got to be empowered to start there. And then those supplements and vitamins help to supplement those good behaviors. And that's how you fortify your temple to be healthy and to be able to resist and withstand all this foolishness that's going on out here. Very powerful. Very powerful. Um, A lot of people also do not understand that. Dairy is not just eggs and milk. Right. <laughs> you know, right. You know 
Uh, so we do have to become, you know, we have to become scientists uh, in our own right and, and start um, understanding our own body and um, understanding a lot of these products that we're putting in our body. Um, right. That would be considered the first defense, you know, um, gaining what you call uh, inform, making informed decisions. In order to make an informed decision, we have to inform ourselves. We have to educate ourselves and, and um, be willing to, uh, you know, um, it's okay to be intelligent. You know, it's okay right. to be informed about what it is that you're eating opposed to just saying it's food. A lot of things that we put in our body is not actually food. You know, exactly. So, you know, so they, uh, going back to that. So I don't know why they always clump eggs with uh, dairy. Eggs is from a chicken. It's not from the cow's milk. <laughs> so <laughs> if you do eggs, just, you can do eggs. Just organic eggs. Um, right. But dairy is more of your 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 cheese. You know, right. milk, ice cream, sour cream, cottage cheese, all those things. But going back to how God designed our bodies, right? God designed our bodies to heal and repair itself. And that means he gave us everything that we need to make that happen. It's what we start doing to our bodies over time that throw it off of that course. So if we look at how God designed our bodies, majority of us between the ages and three to three to five years old, we stop producing the enzyme necessary to even break dairy down. Mm. It's a digest dairy, wow. which means now, if this same God who designed our bodies to heal and repair itself, if he stopped giving us the enzyme necessary to break dairy down after the age of five, then that means in order for our body to stay in that, that process of healing and repairing itself, then dairy was something that he didn't um, design for us to have. Wow. So it's like, we got to think about it like that. Heavy. That's why some people have so much issues. They call it lactose intolerance or, <laughs> you know, so many issues with dairy. You'll be amazed if you stop dairy, just overall how much, how better you will feel. Wow. But your body has a hard time digesting that because you don't make the enzyme necessary to do so. So that milk and cheese and all that stuff, ice cream, they put crap in there called caseomorphs. It mimics morphine to make you addicted to it. Because I got to have my cheese. That's why you got to have your cheese. But it causes so much inflammation in the body. And like I said, that increased mucus production and it makes people sick. And they smile, you know, milk does the body good. Look at those studies. I always tell people, follow the money. If you look at those studies that say milk does the body good, those studies are sponsored and paid for by the dairy industry and the pharmaceutical companies. Mm -hmm. But if you look at independent studies about what dairy does to the body, if that like it's this one study that came out from the Harvard nurses, and they found out women who had more dairy actually had increased fractures. They had more broken bones than women who didn't consume dairy. Wow. And, and it was another study that came out uh, with the Institute of Cancer or something of that nature, totally independent. And they looked at dairy and it impacted how on the body. They noticed that people who consume dairy on a regular basis had higher risk of cancer in the reproductive system in the reproductive system so women had more breast cancer and ovarian cancer men had more cysticular and prostate cancer so you always got to look at who's conducting that study pharma and the dairy industry has been telling you that milk does a body good but that is a far cry from the truth <laughs> yeah that that don't even sound right believe it or not it's just uh something that they beat into our head right yeah exactly yeah, so this is this is this is powerful. Um, it, it appears we have an issue before we even start thinking about uh 
vaccinations and 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 viruses, uh, COVID nineteen virus. We need there's other viruses that um that we have in general to deal with. That you know, if we deal with that, we're likely not even we wouldn't even have to turn to uh the thought of a vaccination. Um, you know, uh, educating and the way we are bought up though. A lot of us are bought up with this junk food. So, you know, that's, that's one of the the major issues. Uh, we can't think outside of, um, seeking help from a people who's, who's been been breeding us, you know, in ignorance and, and I hope nobody takes this personal, but you know, um, you know, for me, I believe that, the uh, vaccinations are an um, a, a ignorant decision, you know, an un- uneducated decision, though it may be your decision, you know, for anyone that's listening, uh, you know, I'm not attacking you. I'm just saying that you should uh, empower yourself by doing a little research and studying. Um, Tamika, you have been, uh, you know, outstanding with this information that you've delivered in uh, the little bit of time that we've had you on. Now you actually have gotten some resistance though, from, you know, the videos that you've been putting out, trying to empower people. Uh, why would you get it, uh, some resistance for doing such a thing? Oh, they told me because I'm going against um, what they're trying to push and I would make people believe that they don't need these shots. Wow. Yep. So as a result, they've been, um, you know, they had their little threats or whatever, but I don't care. I'm here for the people. You know what I'm saying? I'm here to tell the truth, you know, and they've been taking on all my videos and everything and shadow and shadow banning me and all that dumb stuff or whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, I tell as a healthcare professional, it's my duty to give people the truth right. so that people make an informed decision. Now, if you still feel like that's what's best for you, more power to you. But at least you can weigh out the, the, the truth of the matter. You know, what's what's good? What are your risks? Know what risks you're about to take before you go and do it. You know, and and what I hate to see is when people see a loved one die from it or, you know, if they got real, real sick, that they it drives them to want to go get that shot. Don't let that drive you to go get that shot. Mm. Instead, get angry. You know what I'm saying? Get wow. angry at the system and the powers that be that's withholding old drugs that are very, very safe because they were on the World Health Organization list of the safest drugs in the world. <laughs> very, very safe. That works. That could have prevented this a long time ago, could have shut this whole thing down and saved over 85% of the people who who passed from it. Get angry. You know what I'm saying? And put a demand on the powers that be to give you access to old drugs that can, that can prevent this thing. Wow. And stop falling prey into their devices, man. We got to wake up and we got to do better. You know, we continue to keep being misled like sheep to a slaughter. We can't keep doing that. We can't keep thinking that they care. They don't care. The medical system don't care about human beings. (laughs) It's it's all about money. And and I hate to say it, but it's the truth. It's all about money. When I, as a medical professional, when I go to these medical conferences and they give us these up-to-date guidelines on how to treat this disease and how to treat that disease, guess who the one studies to give us the guidelines? The pharmaceutical industry. Mm. <laughs> so of course they're gonna come up with some guidelines. You know what wow. I'm saying? Make it like drug is supreme. With oh, the whole thing is is sickening. And and until we decide to wake up and want better and demand better, we're gonna continue to be a, a toy and a puppet that they're pulling the strings on. Now see, that's deep. What you saying? You saying wake up? 
And that's really what yeah. it is. A lot of us are asleep out here. And, you know, um, even the, I was just mentioning this to uh, a sister of mine. Um, so many people that are so uh, consider themselves to be part of the conscious community have ran that straight, you know, and, and, and passed go and collected the vaccine. You know what I'm saying? And it's just amazing to think that's an individual who is supposed to be conscious and alert, you know, uh, has done no research or no study, you know, to, to, uh, investigate what are they putting in their body when, you know, if I, I remember when I went, we went to the store one day and I grabbed a cake and this was years ago. I grabbed the cake and this same individual you know, uh, I, I, I purchased the cake right in front of the individual and, and, and I, we went outside and I was about to open it and she's like, uh, yeah, that's not good for you. That has such and such in it. And I said, Oh, uh, okay. You know, let me look at it and see. <laughs> yeah. You write about that. Wow. You know, I, right, first of all, why you didn't tell me before I bought it? Okay. Well up and above that <laughs> we're looking at ingredients beautiful thing. But when we go to the vaccines, we're not looking at ingredients. We're not looking at the effects of what it does to an individual long-term, like you said. So a lot of things I hear from people, they're talking about, well, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm not, I don't have any issues. You know, I've stood right Mm -hmm. next to people where they're beating it in other people's head to get vaccinated. And it's the most disgusting thing to hear and see and witness, you know, so, the conscious community for those who are participating in this, you all really need to wake up because you, you, you probably, probably are the worst individuals because people look at you, you know, as, as an example, cause you're supposed to be a, uh, you know, woke. So, right. you know, you really, really need to, um, you really, really, really need to just wake up yourselves, you know? Seriously. Yeah. That's what we are. So uh, I definitely appreciate everything you putting out. Um, now can we tap a little bit into the exemptions? Yeah. So you got some crazy States like New York, um, who's trying to say they, they are not taking exemptions, but by law, they cannot do that. Um, you are backed by law, um, to, to have a freedom of your religion. And if it's your religious belief that you guys don't believe in taking shots for whatever that religious belief is, you have that right. You're backed by the Constitution. You're backed by federal law. And you, in some states also have state laws that also support it as well, too. So you can get a religious exemption. I would just let you know with the religious exemption, don't focus on the, the, back, the injection and the fact that it's experimental or it might do this and this and that. Instead, focus on your faith. What do you truly believe? Do you believe that your temple is the is the your body is the temple of the Most High God, and you can't defile your temple by bringing stuff in there that's going to alter wow. <laughs> you know, how you respond to something or right. or cause you to produce something that you're not supposed to be producing, like spike proteins? You know, talk about that. Make it personal to you and your faith, and that your employer, by law, do not have the right to make that decision whether or not your faith is real or not. So you have that thing due of the religious exemptions. The other thing is medical exemptions, but they make that so complicated um, that it's only for people who have an allergy to the ingredients in the injections. So if you don't have an allergy to any of those ingredients, 
they won't give you access to it. But I will tell you, if you have allergies to different fruits, um, then most likely you'll be allergic to some of the ingredients that's in injections. Um, so one of the, the those mRNA injections got sucrose in it. Sucrose is a sugar that's found in a lot of fruit, like pineapple and strawberries and oranges. <laughs> um, then the Johnson Johnson got citric acid. That's something that's found in a lot of your citrus fruits, like your lemons and your limes and grapefruit. So if you have allergies to that, then you can get a medical exemption. Wow. And they can make you take it. So be empowered with that type of information. <laughs> you right. know, so you can move forward and not feel like you got to bow down to some demonic agenda at work. Right, right, right. And they're, they're banking on you not uh, giving resistance or defending yourself. So you definitely mm -hmm. have to uh, uh, stand up. And, you know, I mean, if you if you if you just you, you're feeling weak, maybe call somebody who can help you out. You know, right. Um, don't 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 just be so easily, you know, given in because, you know, you got to make your money and you feel like, OK, well, this is what it is. It's what they saying. I don't want to do it, but I got to go ahead and do it like, OK, before that decision is made, you know, there are options, you know, yeah. do, do, do your research, speak out. You can contact us. You can contact me. You know what I'm saying? And, and um, you know, we can work through this together. That's one of the things I see, too. Uh, people are constantly saying you on your own. You got to make your own decision for yourself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, wait a minute. You know, uh, we need to discuss this. People, if you if you start talking to each other, you can you can come together and create a resistance and feel more comfortable knowing that other people are doing this thing as well. And you're not by right. yourself. We are all faced with this, these decisions, but we don't have to make them by ourselves. We can become empowered by communicating and talking with each other and sharing information. Um, exactly. I want to say thank you so much again for giving us the time um, to take some time out of your schedule and uh, speak to us here on WNT9 Talk Radio. Tamika Morrow, you have been uh, such a, a, a blessing and I, I love your work. And I just want to uh, ask you, is there, I mean, you've, you've said a lot and I always ask uh, anyone that I interview, is there anything that uh, else in your case, because you've said so much powerful uh, information today, is there anything else that you would like to share to the people? Yes. I, once again, thank you for having me. I truly appreciate it. And thanks to all your listeners for tuning in. Um, but my last final remarks that I, I like to leave with everybody is the fact of the matter that, you know, the Bible said that all of our days are numbered. So what that means that come Corona, come whatever they may come up with next. If it ain't our time to go, we ain't going nowhere. So you don't have to allow fear to run your decision-making and make you make decisions that's going to bring you harm um, more than good. So if it ain't your time to go, don't look at this shot as if it's your savior and it's going to help prolong your life because <laughs> that's not the case. So you ain't leaving until it's your time. So if it ain't your time, you continue to enjoy your life, stay away from poison um, and keep it moving. Beautiful. Stay away from poison. Listen, if it's not your time, it's not your time. That is awesome. Uh, Stay away from poison. Wow. That, that's heavy. Listen, hold on one second, please. Do not hang up. W9 Talk Radio. WNT9. 
Tamika Marvel. Wow, it's, it's almost like we don't want to say peace. <laughs> but well, listen. So I gotta go home. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Cause I truly do feel for my brother. And since they lied to my brother, I'll teach the truth to my brother. And I'll do for my brother to call it truth with my brother. Express her outwardly or self-inflict cowardly. Everyone wants to belong. Everybody deserves another. I can't depend on others to take care of my own brother. I was asked if I'm willing to die for my brother. But I'd rather live for my brother and stand to build with my brother. They plan to kill message is to heal my brother because they have scarred my brother drop the last name of my brother shot edited and framed my brother and then accused my brother and blatantly refused my brother put a price on his hue of color
and we have to. We respond from one another, no matter whatever they say. <laughs> Yo, they can try to take.